When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are on the playoff bye week, which is the best bye week of all. And the Ravens are sitting here waiting to see who they're going to play. And we're going to break all that down today, Garrett. The pluses and minuses of the possible playoff matchups. And then on the second half of the podcast, we're going to hear from Aaron Schatz, the creator of DVOA. He works for FTN Fantasy. Uh, He's going to stop in to talk to us about just how good this Ravens team is. Yeah, he'll provide some analytical, historical context. We've referenced DVOA plenty of times. Exactly. There's a lot of talk about it going into that game against the 49ers. And it's it's an interesting conversation with him that I think fans will really enjoy because it gives some really good perspective on, on honestly, just how good this team is. Yeah. It's one of the best teams ever from a regular season standpoint. And of course, we got to put the, you know, the really smart people, we got to put them on the hot seat and ask them if we're going to win it all. Yes. Yes. So we do that. We will do that with Aaron. (laughs) So, all right, well, let's start this off with a conversation about who the Ravens might face in divisional playoffs before we get to the Super Bowl. Got to take care of the divisional playoffs. So it's going to be one of four teams. It's either the Houston Texans, Cleveland Browns, Miami Dolphins, or Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, let's go through it and say what we like about each matchup for the Ravens and maybe what we don't like about each of these matchups. All right. So yeah. we'll start with the the AFC. Well, that, just to lay out the the this lay it out a little bit more, okay. just set the table a little bit more. The Ravens face the lowest seed coming Correct. out of the wild card round. So the lowest of those seeds is the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the Steelers win, that's who the Ravens are facing. Correct. The Dolphins are the sixth seed, the Browns are the five seed, the Texans are the four seed. So whoever is the lowest seed is who the Ravens will right. face. You don't get, actually get the pick. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, yeah, we'll go against those guys. No, and, and it's also, it's they reseed. You know, it's not like the bracket is set right now. It gets reseeded after this round. So again, the Ravens face the lowest seed. So um, if it's shock, if all the if all the top four seeds, top three seeds win this weekend, mm-hmm. it would be the Houston Texans coming to town for a playoff matchup, uh, rematch of, of the week one game between these two teams. So let's just start right. the conversation, I think, with Houston. Sure. Um, you know, I think... It's it's a much different Houston team than the Ravens saw week one. That was the first game of the season, first career start for C.J. Stroud. He's gone on and had a terrific rookie season, probably he's going to win rookie of the year. And I think what I like about that matchup is that it's still a rookie quarterback and a team that, you know, getting to the playoffs was a massive success for that team. And so it's tough then as a young team with a rookie quarterback, I think, to go on a run 
go to a Super Bowl. Historically speaking, I don't think that happens with teams like that very often. Um, and so I like the Ravens defense against a rookie quarterback, even though at this point in the season, he's played a full year. That's sure. what I like about that t- that matchup there. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Now, I, I would push back a little bit. Once C.J. Stroud has one playoff game under his belt, I think it's a little bit different, right? Like he's been in that environment now now. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say, certainly, that no environment's going to be necessarily like M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah, road environment's different, certainly. Um, but, you know, he will he will have that under his belt. For me, the, the matchup with the Houston Texans really comes down to, this is a defense that's really kind of middle of the pack, the Texans' defense right now. Will Anderson's been a little bit banged up. I think that you have some shots. They're, they're missing their, their, without their rookie, stud rookie wide receiver, uh, who, who got injured mid-season. Yeah, Tank Dell. I mean, the speed guy. Exactly. Tank Dell's not there. Now, Nico Collins has been really good for them. He's a top 10 receiver in terms of yards. But to me, yeah, it, it's kind of a, a an inexperienced team with a not elite defense that would be coming to M&T Bank Stadium. The Ravens already beat them 23-9. to Like you said, that was week one. A lot of time has passed. But that's how... Uh, it was 25-9 in week one. Um I don't know that outside of CJ Stroud that the Texans have a player that I say, oh my gosh, I'm really concerned about that specific player. Now, CJ Stroud, it starts with the quarterback. And I think he's been really, really good. Really good. Um, But... Yeah, that's that's how. I, I mean, look, CJ Stroud's a great player, and I think he's going to be. I think he's already established himself as a top tier quarterback. In passing yards this yeah, year, despite I think, missing a couple games. I think he's already set himself into the category of the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the NFL. And as if he continues to progress, he could establish himself as as one of the very best in the league. So I think he's a. I think he is a stud, and he scares me because he can get hot and they can put up some points. And I, I think he's a pretty fearless player. So I think that he's not going to be scared of the moment. There's never been a, a rookie quarterback that's won a Super Bowl or gone to a Super Bowl. So I, so just from a very big picture standpoint, it's tough to think of a rookie quarterback coming in here and winning that game, and then ultimately, you know, potentially getting to a Super Bowl. Um, so I just don't really see that happening from a big picture standpoint with them. Um, but you know, that's what what scares me about them is is his a bit like he's just a great player. I mean, what 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 makes you feel good about facing them is also the same thing that scares me about them, which is, <laughs> which is all like it all centers around the quarterback. Yeah. And like, he is a fearless player who was a rookie who like, won't be, you know, sometimes like we talk about that 2019 Ravens team. I think that like, they were so good and naive at times that like, sometimes you're just out there playing. And that may be what's going on with them as well, that you're not caught up in the pressure and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or it could go the other way where all of a sudden you're in the playoff moment and you're feeling the heat and you're a young player that's never been through it. It can go either way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure exactly how it will go for them. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Texans were not a team that were picked to to make the playoffs when the season began. They've had a, a fantastic season. Yeah. Um, and D'Amico Ryan's good young coach. He's probably yeah, going to be, he could coach. be coach of the year potentially. Definitely have a lot of respect for him. They're, they're a good team. I think that the Houston Texans, that would be a, a tough matchup for the Ravens and be a really good game. I mean, here's the thing. You're playing, uh, we'll say they're a good team probably about all these teams. Like this all is playoffs. You're, you're in the playing, playoffs. You're second round of the playoffs. You're going to face a good team. Exactly. So, all right. Cleveland Browns. I think we know where to start this conversation. Is there a storyline that would be part of this if it comes to fruition? <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. So, again, you know, this is similar to me to the Texans conversation. The quarterback is almost the reason that I like the matchup for the Ravens <laughs> yeah. and also the reason that I don't like the matchup 
for the Ravens. I, I think that the Ravens pass rush would give, they would put some heat on Joe Flacco. This, yeah. We know Joe Flacco, he's a pocket passer. Yes, he can, you know, crazy legs Joe. He can get out and get you every once in a while, but he's not going to primarily. Um, you know, I think this pass rush could create problems for Joe Flacco. He's also turned the ball over a fair amount of, uh, of times here down the stretch. Uh, the Browns have not faced the likes. You know, Joe's had an incredible run. This run he's been on has been magical. It's been storybook, all that stuff. They have not faced the team like the Ravens down the stretch. They face Joe beat a struggling Jaguars team that stumbled badly down the final stretch of the season. The Bears. Now, they, they went one in Houston. Yeah, that was no CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. I mean, correct. So that changed the game a lot. Yeah. And then the Jets. Yeah, and the, and the Bears win came down to the wire. All, I mean, the Bears honestly had the game-winning touchdown in their, hands, in their hands on Darnell Moody dropped it. I think that the Joe storyline would be... Everybody would be talking about it. it would be similar to what is going on this week with Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit and everyone mm-hmm. talking about that. I think that it's been like fun to watch from a distance. And I think that most Ravens fans, myself included, have like cheered Joe on since he's left here wanting him to do well. But like those good feelings kind of go out the window now when all of a sudden it's a playoff game and he could be coming in here. I think like from a very X's and O's standpoint, I agree with you. I think the Ravens defense would give him problems what scares me about that is that joe is basically playing fearless like he he's Mm -hmm. 39 years old he was sat on his couch all year waiting for an opportunity he got the opportunity he's basically you know what i'm just gonna let it rip i'm going out there i'm taking shots down the field to amari cooper i'm putting guys in position which is what he did when he was at his best here in that playoff run he gave anquan bolden and tory smith opportunities to make plays on the field and they did and that's what he's doing in Cleveland. Yeah. And he's a really good fit for that offense, which is basically another version of the Kubiak offense where he was excellent here in 2014. Um, the question is, is Joe on the same heater that he was on in 2012? Is he on that kind of a heater is the question. Now, in that in that stretch, he barely turned the ball over. Yeah. Right? He's thrown seven picks in, in four games since becoming the starter for the yeah. Browns. So It's a gunslinger mentality. A little different. Yeah. Right? I have a feeling that the Ravens, a team that lead the league in take takeaways tied with the New York Giants, would get some on Joe. If he's going to come into that game fearless like that, they're going to get him. Yeah, I think I think that if, if it ends up being a Ravens-Browns game, I could totally see a stat line for Joe at the end of it, which is like 30 of 40 for 280 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. And then it's a matter of like what you do with those takeaways and all of that. Right. I, I, my gut about that matchup says it, the Ravens in the first three quarters could make it not that close, and I would feel fine about it. I, I feel great about that. If it's close late in the fourth quarter, I've seen how this story goes, and I don't really want any parts of that. Well, the other the other factor, too, for the Browns, I mean, Joe would be the com- the main point of conversation, but the other point, too, is they have a great defense. Miles Garrett is a great That's player. And what concerns me the most about this match. Yeah, like, they've got, a, they've got a great defense. Now, the Ravens have put up points on them in the two games this year. They split those games. Now, the first one, you know, I, I don't know. That first one got out of hand quickly with the quarterback situation. Deshaun Watson played a great game the second time that they faced off. But the Ravens have put up points in both of those games. But still, it's a great defense. Miles Garrett has gotten to Lamar Jackson a lot. So they could make life difficult on this offense. The Ravens scored 28 points in their first meeting and 31 in their second. The Ravens really, they're up two touchdowns on them in the second meeting and, and crazy pick six on the Browns part to come back. But but that's a good defense. Miles Garrett can cause problems. He can wreck games. Zadarius Smith, you know, they have the pass rush that can that can cause problems for the Ravens. I think 
offensively for the Ravens, the biggest question still is their pass protection on the edges. Yeah. And the Browns can make life hell for you. Mm-hmm. If you, if you don't account for that, the Ravens have done a pretty good job in their first two games, but it's always the question mark. Right. Yeah. And so I think that their defense can, in a potential matchup would concern me more necessarily than Joe would concern me. Yeah. I think it's the whole package. I, I think that also he is, I just think that the, with the way they want to play offensively, they want to have a good running game and take shots down the field. Like he's a perfect fit in that offense. Right. The running game is really what's kind of got the Ravens in the second matchup. Yeah. Yeah. So then that's been, if we're talking about the, the Achilles heel of the Ravens defense, it's been against the run. I know that, the media person in me is rooting for the for the Joe rematch just because it's a great storyline. But you know, I, I the truth is that like I don't know that I want to see that game. I just like there's it's it's just, just I I don't that that one all of the like it would just be too weird. It would be too weird. I prefer not to see it. Um, all right, so the next one possibility is Miami. So. Miami, obviously, we just saw this game. Ravens blew them out. So you, you feel good about it from that standpoint. We just saw this. The flip side is they were without Jalen Waddle. They were without Raheem Mostert. Those guys could likely be back. Um, and if they win that, if, if, if we see, the if, it's the, if it's the Dolphins, then they will have just gone into Kansas City and beaten the Chiefs. Exactly. That would be a pretty win. remarkable win for them. And they would be, the momentum around that team would be much different than it is right now. I honestly don't. I, yeah, I don't like that matchup. And I know that the Ravens just smoked him, but like that game would have been pretty different at the start. I think it had Tyreek Hill caught a, a gimme of a touchdown yeah. pass. The Ravens would have been behind early in that game. And that was similar a little bit to the 49ers game where all of a sudden what was a close game, you get bang, bang, turnover, sc- quick score, and all of a sudden it was really lopsided and it, it just didn't feel lopsided the whole time. Yeah. Um, that offense, I still think is, is a, can perform at an elite level. They're really banged up on defense right now. I mean, they just signed Justin Houston off the street. He basically is replacing Bradley Chubb who went down at the end of our game. Right. They had more injuries since then. Van Gingle, Van Gingle went down. So they're really banged up defensively. The question I think is health and whether they can just turn around this momentum, like you said, in Kansas city, if they go out there and the offense gets, you know, healthy, hot, they get Mostert back, they get Waddle back, they play well, Tyreek Hill, you know, if he has a good game, I don't like the Dolphins because they have some, they have a, probably the best wide receiver and they have the best wide receiver in the NFL and Tyree kill who can get you at any time. And that offense, I just think you're not going to hold them down consistently. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. And it also like, you know, in a weird way, when you, when you beat a team, like recently, does that make you feel better or worse? You know, then it's like, I mean, the the Ravens did it to the Broncos, right? In 2012. Broncos came to MT Bank Stadium, shellacked the Ravens. Ravens went out there and whooped them. Yeah. So the I, I, I well, think not whooped them, but yeah, whooped double, them. Overtime. <laughs> double overtime. Double overtime. Field goal win. <laughs> Killed them. Wasn't even close. <laughs> but but no, I, I think that like I, I don't know. I, I, I you can you can kind of pick apart all that stuff all you want to say like ah they that's going to be motivation. There's plenty of motivation. So I don't know how real that is, but I I do think that the Dolphins scare me because they had their ceiling offensively is so high. Exactly. Look, they've been one of the they were one of the best teams in the league. It was not long ago that that the Ravens were playing them for a first round playoff bye. Yeah. On the line. Yep. Right. Like I just don't. And I also don't buy into this whole narrative of a Miami, a Dolphins team goes into a cold weather environment and all of a sudden they can't play at all. Mm-hmm. I just don't buy that. 
I know you do. Well, we'll I don't see. Buy. We'll see how they do in Kansas we'll City. It's I mean, it's going to be like negative ten very degrees. Very cold there. That'll yes. be that'll be the 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 case in point. You know, yeah, they so can we'll they can put to bed that argument. But I, I my feeling is that this was one of the best teams in the league for a long time this season. Yeah, and so I'd rather not face them in the divisional round. And then. Last but not least is the Steelers. The Steelers are playing the Bills. Steelers just won. They, they've won seven out of eight against the Ravens. They beat them twice this year. Now the second game, obviously the Ravens didn't play Lamar Jackson and the Roquan Smith and a handful of other starters. So I'm not putting much, if any, stock in that last game. Um, but I think the Steelers, the Steelers are a team, they're like the opposite of Miami. Like Miami is this like offensive juggernaut. The Steelers are not an offensive juggernaut, but they're a team that doesn't beat themselves. They, Mm -hmm. they make good decisions. They win close games. They come up with timely turnovers. That's, that's the recipe for the, and they can run the ball really well, which they did against the Ravens in that regular season finale. No, they didn't have Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton or Marlon Humphrey on the field. Nope. but, But yes. Um, yeah, no, that that's I think if the Ravens face the Steelers in division round, they might beat them by three touchdowns. There's the potential for that. But if it's a really close game late in the fourth quarter, again, just like I said about Joe, I've seen how this story goes. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the ending, generally speaking. Yeah. And so I think the Ravens, of all the potential matchups, the Steelers, I think, are the weakest team of the bunch. But they're extremely well coached. Like you said, they do all those things right. Like they're going to be a tough out for whoever they get, generally speaking, because they can run the ball well, because they generally play pretty good defense. They're physical. Like they're a team that's built for this time of year and cold weather games. When you talk about the Dolphins and not being a cold weather team, that ain't the Steelers. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to come and they're going to hit you. Right. And really, it's kind of they've had the Ravens number the past couple seasons longer than that. And um, but. Of all the matchups, if you're saying you can pick one of them, I'll take that one. The Ravens should have beat them in Pittsburgh badly. The mm-hmm. Ravens dropped eight balls that game. Right. Had a crazy amount of drops. They should have smoked them then. Well, and that's my, my, my point in talking about who the Steelers are identity-wise. They're a team that just does not beat themselves as they did in that game. In terms of DVOA, we're going to have the conversation with Aaron Schatz here. Pittsburgh ranks ninth in DVOA. This year, um, Cleveland is eighth, Miami is sixth, and Houston is 12th. So Miami's the best, then Cleveland, right behind them is Pittsburgh, Houston is 12th. That says Texans. That says Texans according to DVOA. Um, So, you know, I think I just push back a little bit on this notion that, like, I, I think a lot of people look at, like, the Steelers don't win pretty. Like, they don't win pretty games, but, like, they do win a lot. And Look, you're not gonna you're not gonna sit here and convince me that Mason Rudolph's gonna come into MT Bank Stadium. I, I like the Ravens against anybody. I like the Ravens against anybody. I feel good about this team and and where they're headed. It would be a much different game than the regular season finale. Of course, it would be totally different. Be, I mean, look at how the Browns just got smacked up by I the don't Bengals. Put any when, stock the, into- when the Browns were resting their starters, yeah. the Bengals smacked them up. This was a 17 to 10 game. I don't put any stock really into the regular season finale. Yeah. I, I do put stock into the matchup earlier this year. Um, the Ravens would just beat themselves. Yeah, and and I think that the Steelers, the Steelers have that effect on teams. They did that yeah, to plenty of true. teams, and they and that's why everyone's touting the stat that that Tom has never had a losing record since he's been there. Right. The question also a big question mark in that matchup would be TJ Watt, yes. who suffered the injury in the Ravens game. The reports are that best case scenario. 
best case scenario, he's back in two weeks, which you probably know he will be. Just, <laughs> You're right. Um, in like with a brace on. Right. He's not going to be 100%. He would not be 100% for that divisional playoff game. I no. think it's safe to say. But even, even, even him at plays. 80%, he still makes an impact. Yeah, potentially so. Um, all right, so we mentioned DVOA. So now this is a good time to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be joined by the founder, the creator of DVOA. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Thank you for listening to the Lounge Podcast. We're coming to you from the SeatGeek studio. We want to give a shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens. They've got a limited time offer running that you don't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code FLOCK. If you're a new user, you can get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 at DraftKings Sportsbook. You need to be at least 21 or older to play and physically present in Maryland. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, BG&E is all about small businesses being the backbone of Maryland's economy. In partnership with the Ravens, BGE is investing in communities across central Maryland, helping small businesses continue to thrive. Be sure to visit www.bgenow.com to learn more. This week's business is Park Ridge Creamery, featuring Baltimore's beloved Tahaka Brothers Premium Small Batch Ice Cream and Park Ridge Trading Company's Gourmet Additional Flavor Combinations has Park Ridge serving up creative takes on cups and cones. Well, now we are joined by Aaron Schatz of FTN Fantasy. He's the Chief's Chief Analytics Officer there. Thank you for joining us, Aaron. And uh, you are the creator of DVOA, which we have referenced many times on the lounge podcast and 
every time you know we try to explain it we kind of do the shorthand and we're like you know it's like in-depth analytics <laughs> stuff it's like really smart cool and technical stuff you know so now that we have you here can you give a, a short summary or definition of dvoa for the listeners out there sure sure short short version is that it measures success on every play based on the down and distance and then adjusts that, compares it to a league average baseline that's adjusted for situation and opponent. Okay. Better than zero is good offense. Worse than zero, lower than zero is good defense. Right. All right. Well, that that makes a lot more sense now. Yes. Hopefully that helps our listeners. So the Ravens have been historically good in terms of DVOA rankings. Just just how good have the 2023 Ravens been, Aaron? Yeah, so uh, DVOA goes back to 1981. That's as far back as we have the play-by-play breakdowns. And in that time, the Ravens are the fifth best team in the regular season that DVOA has ever measured. And that's only because they sat the starters in Week 18. Before Week 18, (laughs) they were the third best team behind only the 2007 Patriots and the 1991 Washington Redskins. Wow. That's pretty incredible. That is is pretty incredible. And so what, what... Aspect. I mean, obviously, to be that good, your offense and defense has to be really good. But what what is it that's really stood out about these Ravens that have made them so efficient in terms of DVOA? The fact that they have clobbered good opponents. <laughs> right? So they have played the fifth hardest schedule in the league based on our numbers. And they've clobbered those teams. They clobbered Detroit. They clobbered Miami. They clobbered San Francisco. They clobbered Cleveland the first time they played. They clobbered Seattle, which is more of an average team than a good team. But still, I mean, they destroyed them. I mean, they've destroyed all these good teams on their schedule. So part of the reason why they don't seem as historic as some of those historic teams seemed as they were happening, there's a couple reasons. The first is that they were better at the end of the season than the start of the season, right? With a team like the 2007 Patriots, we knew from the very beginning that they were historic, whereas the Ravens have sort of steadily clawed. Um, Another thing is uh, they're not really social media friendly in the same – I mean, not like there was social media, but there was this little thing called the Super Bowl Shuffle, (laughs) right? The Ravens don't have their version of the Super Bowl Shuffle to be compared to the 85 Bears. And the other thing is that I don't think people realize just how good the teams they've beaten are, right? So they don't, you know, the fact that they're 13 and four rather than like 15 and one is in part, I mean, they've got close losses. They've played good teams. Cleveland is a good team, right? That beat them. And they don't, people don't understand just how dominant these wins have been over good teams including a team, San Francisco, that is almost as historically good as the Ravens are. That's what I was just going to ask. I I remember going into that game, that Christmas game, that matchup was among the the most heralded matchups. I think you'll know, but I think that that was maybe the best game from a DVOA standpoint since that 2007 Patriots team against the Colts, the Peyton Manning Colts. Yep. And so... I guess what I am curious to get is 
it, does that make it even more impressive what they did against San Francisco, just knowing oh, how yeah. good they are? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it absolutely makes it more impressive. And I and I think that's another reason why people are not necessarily as aware of how historically good the Ravens are, because they're not dominating the league on their own. We have two teams like this this year. The 49ers are the eighth best team since 1981 by my numbers. And then you have just a colossal gap until you get to the third best team of the year, which is Buffalo. And um, yeah, so it makes what they did against San Francisco even more impressive. San Francisco is one of the top offenses that we've ever measured. And the Ravens basically shut them off, except for that first drive. And like the last drive that was left by Sam Darnold, they basically <laughs> shut that offense off. So so I'm guessing, I'm sure you probably saw Mike Florio's comments that he said it would be a very boring Super Bowl if the Ravens met the 49ers. And I'm going to guess that you would disagree with that statement. Oh, I think it would be awesome. I mean, first of all, <laughs> it's like extra awesome because you can go back and watch the first meeting and go, okay, how are they going to change their strategy? You know, how are the 49ers going to change their scheme now? Because I'll tell you, if they play again, Brock Purdy is not having four more passes go off dude's fingertips. Like, that is not <laughs> going to happen. He's not right. going to throw four picks again. It's going to be closer. In fact, it would not shock me if Vegas favored the 49ers in a rematch, although my numbers would favor the Ravens. I would hope that they would. I feel like that would just <laughs> add, it would be that motivation once again for the Ravens. I mean, it would only be by like a point. Right, But yeah, I mean, it, it would be a phenomenal, you have two phenomenal offenses, two phenomenal defenses, right? The, the one place where the Ravens are clearly better than the 49ers is special teams. Hmm. So, so I saw that no team had ever had uh, more than two games with a 100% uh, DVOA score in a season, and the Ravens had four of them. Yes. Detroit, Seattle, San Francisco, and Miami. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's I mean, it's part of why they're so historically good is that they've had those historically good games balance out, you know, a mag game against Arizona or a small loss to Indianapolis, right? That's why they're so high despite having the four losses is because the losses were all close and the wins, those wins have been just colossal. Like even if you include the playoff playoff runs of great teams like the 89 49ers and the 85 bears. And you still, there's no other team that's ever put up more than two games over a hundred percent in a single season. And Baltimore has four of them. Yeah, that's remarkable. I mean, I guess, so here's, here's the question that I feel like I have, and probably plenty of Ravens fans have like this. It's been great, especially this last month of the season when you're rattling off these big wins against San Francisco and then against the Dolphins. And it's kind of the his, this you're riding the wave of, of optimism and excitement. I guess the question now is how much of this is a predictor of what to expect here in the future. Now you're getting into the playoffs and certainly plenty of Ravens fans are, are call it scarred from 2019 when they went into that postseason red hot and, and ended up losing the divisional round. I think that this is a much different team. I think it's a much better team. Um, so I'm not as worried about that. But how much of this is going to be a predictor of what plays out the rest of the way here in the postseason? Well, that's the problem is no matter what advanced stats you use, the best teams do not win the Super Bowl as often as you think they should. And in particular, in the last 20 years, Right. In the 80s and 90s, 
the teams that were the best team during the regular season won the Super Bowl much more often than in the last 20 years. And if you look at the list of the best teams by DVOA, you end up with a lot of teams that lost in the divisional round. No, no, don't tell me that, Aaron. Don't tell me that. (laughs) Ranging from the 87 49ers and the 95 49ers to the 2010 Patriots. And yes, the 2019 Baltimore Ravens. So it's not, here's the thing that the Ravens and 49ers have going for them compared to some of the teams that are on the best DVOA list. They're the number one seeds, right? Some of the teams on the list of best DVOA because of close losses or because there was another really great team that year were not the number one seeds, right? So the Ravens and 49ers get that week of rest and they get that home field advantage. So they have all the advantages that go with being the number one seeds and these fantastic regular seasons backing up the idea that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Whereas in historically, I mean, the 2010 Patriots were a one seed, but like the 95 49ers were not one and the uh, 2022 Bills were not a one seed. And like there have been teams that have lost on the road, like Seattle in 2012 and 2015 had really great ratings, but they ended up having to go on the road. Like, so the the Ravens and 49ers have a lot going for them. I'm curious, is there anything to, to be said for basically playing your best football at the end of the season? Obviously DVOA is a calculation of the entire season performance that we're talking about right now but the Ravens have been playing their best football over the course of the last month of the season obviously they lost the last game but everyone knows that 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 game didn't matter in Baltimore so no no it didn't matter you know so is there is there anything to be said for playing your best at this time and then carrying that into the playoffs I have a version of DVOA called weighted DVOA that gives more weight to recent games it's a little bit more predictive of the future in general but not when it comes to winning the Super The top teams in that haven't won the Super Bowl either, Like partly because you end up with teams that weren't one seeds, like the 2012 uh, Seahawks and the 2015 Seahawks, or you end up with teams that were super hot at the end of the regular season and then lost in ridiculous fashion in the playoffs, like the 2019 Saints, right? That was the Minneapolis miracle, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Like or it was twenty seventeen the Minneapolis miracle twenty nineteen might have that was the that was the missed pass interference that was the missed play. pass interference right yeah like I mean it's 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 you know that's the downside of this the downside of this is you want to believe that the dozen best teams of all time that eleven of them won the Super Bowl uh, the other one was the two thousand seven Patriot but it's just not that way the best teams of the regular season do not win in the playoffs as much as we want to believe that they should I'm just gonna pretend like I didn't hear that. Like, I'll tell you, (laughs) we have the odds of the 49ers and Ravens making it to the Super Bowl much higher than the market. And yet, we still have it as a better than 50-50 shot that one of them will lose on the way. Interesting. Interesting. I'm curious, how how do the 2023 Ravens compare to the 2019 Ravens in DVOA? Like, were the 2019 Ravens really really good in terms of dvoa at the time yeah this team is better on defense that team was actually had a better passing game which i know will shock ravens fans because from a film perspective 
you feel like you have better receivers and Jackson does a better processing job now than he did four years ago. He's less likely to take off with his legs, like he processes through his reads better. Um, he feels It feels like he's more impressive as a passer, but from a numerical point of view, the passing game was better in 2019, but the defense was not as good. And the special teams were actually not as good uh, you know, the non-Justin Tucker special teams were not as good. Mm-hmm. Return game and whatnot and coverage. And, and so how good from a historical perspective is this Ravens defense in terms of DVOA? And obviously in Baltimore, you know, I just wrote yesterday, I'm sure you saw the Ravens have a triple crown defensively. They had the most takeaways in the league, most sacks in the league, and lowest points allowed per game in history. The only first However you want to declare a triple crown, sure. It's not like something that anybody has ever tracked in the past. <laughs> but I, I, I will say that they are the 12th. I believe they're the 12th best defense in DVOA. And okay. Cleveland is 18th. Interesting. Okay. So they're both in the top 20 historically, but not the top 10. Interesting. Because that's like often the debate in Baltimore is always – you know, what defense can, if any, ever compare to the 2000 defense, which was another time now in the I'm game, another era. I you know. shock Ravens fan. Oh, my gosh. Let's go. <laughs> in the regular season, once you adjust for schedule, the 2000 defense was not as good as you think it was. <gasps> in the regular season, they were not as good against the pass. They were the best ga- uh, best against the run ever. Best against run ever, but I don't even have them as the number one defense of that season. I have Tennessee as the number one defense of that season. Now, the difference is that the Ravens turned it on in the playoffs and were super good in the playoffs. So if you include the playoffs, they come out among the best defenses ever. But I would say I don't think the 2000 uh, Ravens defense comes close to the 85, 84, 86, 84 through 86 Bears. Or the team that I think has the best defense ever that didn't even make the playoffs, the 1991 Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting, interesting. We, we, we just won't, I, we're not going to tell Ray Lewis. We won't tell yeah, Ray. We won't tell Ray. <laughs> I, you know, hey, he's got I, I the would... ring. The ring means a lot more <laughs> than what I think. I, I thought it was actually interesting going back and look at the numbers from the 2000 defense. They only had 35 sacks. Which yeah, they were not as good against the pass. Yeah, they were not as good against the pass as you think they were. Uh, They were unbelievable against the run, and then yeah, they turned it on in the playoffs and had that great Super Bowl. All right. Well, Aaron, uh, before we let you go, we're going to put you on the spot. I mean, do you think the Ravens are going to win it all? That's the question. With an analytical mind like you, you know, emotions removed. Do you think the Ravens are going to win it all? I know you said history and DVOA. That doesn't necessarily say it, but what do you think? I know they have a little bit higher rating than the 49ers, and they beat the 49ers the first time. But I think think what's most likely to happen is one of these teams is going to get upset, and the other one is going to win it all. All right. All right. But if Baltimore plays San Francisco, I feel like that's a really even matchup, even even though Baltimore did win – the first time, but um, you know, something weird might happen and one of those teams might lose on the way. Buffalo and Dallas are probably the most likely teams to knock, to knock them off. But um, I mean, if you said to me who has the best chance to win it all, I think it's, I think, I think the 49ers might have the best chance to win it all because they have an easier path to get there 
than the Ravens. The Ravens are the best team, but I would rather have to face Detroit and Philadelphia than, you know, I'd rather have to face Dallas, Detroit, Philadelphia than Buffalo, Kansas City, Miami. Right. So you think Buffalo's the Ravens uh, because they're number three in DVOA, that that's the toughest challenge? And because the they're so their inconsistent way? that if you get them on one of their good days, oh boy. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, Aaron Schatz, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your work. Uh, for fans listening out there, make sure you follow him on Twitter, as I do, at a Schatz, that's S-C-H-A-T-Z-N-F-L. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. I should Thanks, also Aaron. point out all my DVOA work is at ftnfantasy.com slash DVOA. Yes. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. All right. Take care, Aaron. Thank you. Big thanks to Aaron Schatz. Check his workout at FTN Fantasy. You can find them also on Twitter at FTN Fantasy. Find his work there. Uh, Just really interesting stuff. I mean, I don't like the fact that he's not saying the Ravens (laughs) are going to win the Super Bowl 100% because they're the best team and the best team always wins. Yeah. But we know that story, right? The, The 2012 Ravens were not the best team. Right. The Broncos were the better team that regular season by a large margin. Mm hmm. The 2011 Ravens are better than the 2012 Ravens. Yeah, it's it's the best team doesn't always win. That's the sad part. But you know what? Sometimes the best team does win. Sometimes the best team does win. And there's plenty of examples through history where the best team has won. And I want to go look at those examples. That'll make me feel better. (laughs) Yeah, look at those. I mean, I'm not. We all know that like regular season success is only so predictive of what's going to happen in the playoffs. The number one seed doesn't always win. The number one seed doesn't always get to the Super Bowl. But I think that I'm going to be a broken record here for the next three weeks saying that I just feel like this team has all of the makeup. Coaching, players, everything about it to me has is a team that's built to go to a Super Bowl. I just yeah. feel like I, I feel that way in looking at the team, watching this team, looking at the talent. Now, will they do it? We'll see, but I, I feel like I feel really confident about this team. I do too. It's just there's a little difference in terms of nerves. I feel nervous now <laughs> where I didn't feel nervous earlier in the year. And I think that's because early in the year, I knew all along that the Ravens had the talent to do so, to go to the Super Bowl. And when people would ask me about the team, I would say, Yeah, I mean, they could go. They could go all the way this year. They could. And now it's turned to they should. Mm-hmm. They should go all the way because they're clearly the best team in the league. You're the clearly the best team in the AFC. Yeah. Clearly. You just whooped up on the Miami Dolphins. I guess you they haven't played the Bills, so there's that question. Mm-hmm. Bills are number three in DVOA. So I guess that's one thing they haven't proven, but I think they've proven it. <laughs> right? They should go to the Super Bowl. And, and with that comes the expectations. Now, I don't think that the sense that and the feeling that I get being in this this locker room every day, every week, is that the players don't feel that way because I think that they felt like they should be there all year long. Mm-hmm. They've they've been carrying themselves, talking that way, playing that way all year long. That they should be in the Super Bowl. That's their destiny. That's what's going to happen. We're the best team, and we're going to show you. And so, like, I don't, I don't get any one iota of the nervousness that I'm personally feeling from this team. Yeah, I, I think it's very good that the team doesn't take on your uh, <laughs> what nervousness. 
Yeah, I mean, they've been walking with their chests out all season long. It started before the season started when Roquan Smith came on this lounge podcast and said, this very couch, this very couch and said, we want all the smoke. Yep. We want all of it. And he hasn't backed down from that. No. Any day since that. So like, I just feel like this team has, um, they've known they've had something special and they've had those expectations internally all year long and they played up to it. Yep. Now we're going to get a chance to connect with these guys. Later this week, they will be practicing on Wednesday. That normal week starts Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They also have practice on Saturday. And so if you want to listen to the press conferences, which will begin on Wednesday, head over to the Press Pass podcast feed and all the press conferences will live there in their entirety. And we will be back with a guest later this week. That episode will likely end up dropping for you Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, kind of depending on when that guest comes through. So uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. Email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net and we will talk with you again later this week. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.